Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. On this episode of The Notice, are you a Christian artist who sometimes feels like your art doesn't fit in a typical church or ministry setting? Maybe you wonder why Christian artists aren't even showcased. Join me as I talk with filmmaker Scott McGee and actress and singer Anne Miranda, creators of the documentary series Creative Icons. Listen in as we talk about our God-given creativity, how God is bigger than any box, and how we were created to create. Anne is a versatile performer with an analytical mind and an empathetic heart. Equal at home on the musical theater stage in a black box theater or in front of a camera, she approaches each role as a servant of the story. She holds a deep and ancient belief that every human is a creative icon designed to reflect the beauty and infinite innovation of their creator. Best known for the award-winning biodoc, When Cotton Blossoms, Scott has created many films, including his thought-provoking short entitled 490. He adds up his own film and video production company, Flipbook Moving Pictures. He is a writer, director, editor, and displays a passion for thoughtful storytelling. I got to know Anne through Trinity Church, and Anne introduced me to Scott. We were at a movie and introduced him. We just kept talking. There's a creative connection there. And so I'm really excited that they're here to talk about what they're up to. Tell our listeners a little bit how the two of you got connected. Well, I think there was a meeting of creative Christian people in Lansing through the Church of Greater Lansing, as it was known at the time, Coggle. And it was a summit on arts and entertainment, and we happened to meet each other there and began talking. And Yeah, I think soon after that was when we started talking about our mutual feeling that artsy side hasn't hadn't been nurtured by the church very much, and our desire for the church to kind of know more about artists and, and be more open to artists. And so I was talking documentary, she was talking a nonprofit for artists, and just kind of dreaming together and then and then both kind of helped birth the other. So she has a nonprofit now called Be an Icon Creative Arts Network. And I have the documentary and they kind of support each other and the documentary is called Creative Icons and the Be an Icon came out of that. So So how did this documentary, like you talked a little bit about how it you guys connected on it. So what got you started? I mean you had to you had to come up with a concept, didn't you? <laughs> well we we started talking about it and we planned it all out and our first interview was going to be Max McLean who um, you may have seen in um, Most Reluctant Convert, and he's the, he headed up the Fellowship of Performing Arts in New York City. We made connection with him, and he was going to be our first big interview, and we had a meeting with him, phone meeting, because this was pre-Zoom. We had a phone meeting scheduled. He was going to be in Ann Arbor for a big performance. We were going to interview him when he was there, and the day that we were supposed to meet with him, his performance in Ann Arbor got canceled because mm. of... This new thing that 
everyone was talking about the oh. COVID-19. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's how long we've been working on this. But, um, but yeah, so that our first interview got canceled because of COVID. And then during COVID, we ended up, as things started opening up a little bit more, we went to people's homes with a very small crew of just the two or three of us and interviewed masked, in garages interviewed outside out, outdoors yeah interviewed masked we were all masked but the person we were interviewing wasn't you know like uh, wow. trying to make it work but, all the protocols yeah so it kind of started during the pandemic with just contacting basically artists that we knew of locally um then we went we were, were in Lansing and we went then to, to Grand Rapids we went to Chicago for some interviews how and did so, you yeah. decide on which artist to use well Scott's got a fan list he's <laughs> says I'm basically a fan of all these yeah. people let's yeah. I would oh, love to so talk to them that you just happen well to it like. was when I started doing a lot of reading on the subject of art and faith there's there's lots of academic books written about it and I and none of my friends in the church are reading these books I just kind of get a kick sure. out of them but I really felt like maybe if we put a documentary out there that's on a streaming site maybe more people would see it than than are reading these books and these books are talking about some of these artists you know Mako Fujimura wrote a book that I read called Art Plus Faith um, he's written multiple books um, and he's a great artist. And then, you know, we, we looked into who else we, oh, I, I met some people also that, and, and it was, I was looking for artists that weren't just doing arts. I, honestly, I was looking for artists that aren't advertising that they're Christians. Um, okay. Interesting. And so, because I, I like to see the artists that are working in the secular space and being accepted by the secular market. But then I would be like, I bet they're a Christian because I can tell mm -hmm. by their work that. And so I'd reach out to them and be like, are you a Christian? Because <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> and and so I, I, I literally was just a fan of some of these people. Aaron Zenz was one like that, that I, I was like his favorites list on on his website, favorite books, had a lot of C.S. Lewis and a lot of I was like, I bet he's a Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Aaron Zenz and then I met Sarah Arthur um, and just all these people we interviewed came out of just being a fan of what they were doing and, and thinking like, I, I bet they, they're doing this out of a calling, not just because, uh, yeah, they, just because they feel like creating art, they're, they're doing this as, as a calling. So. Yeah. So, and the idea of the icons was these big, you know, iconic Bono, right. um, C.S. Lewis, you know, famous Madeline Lingle, they're famous icons of the faith. Mm -hmm. And, um, since they're no longer around to interview, we then... Or Bono's a little too hard, Bono's to, hard, hard to get a well, hold of. Sure, you know? yeah. I don't know. I have him on speed No, dial. somebody, yeah. let, let his people call my people if mm -hmm. he can interview. So we started exploring who's written about them and who is expert on them and who lectures about them. And mm -hmm. then we came across some of these people we're talking to. So you emphasize that this series isn't necessarily about creating religious art. Because sometimes I think when we think of artists a lot of times the the art that they may express themselves in whether it's the performing arts like dance art theater painting film all those are aren't usually seen in a church setting right so tell me how who who are we trying to encourage here um i think i think that the church does worship arts pretty well and i think they they've started to do more evangelistic art, which I wouldn't say we're doing successfully yet um, very well, but 
but I think we wanted to reach beyond just worship and evangelism where, you know, sometimes God sends us into the world um, and to plant seeds, you know, and not necessarily to, you know, the, the, there's the John the Baptist. You were just, actually, why don't you share that? But the, the, the idea of being the John the Baptist and not necessarily being the ones who are bringing the, the actual word, but bringing, bringing the seeds and bringing the, the tilling the soil, maybe. Yeah, preparing the way. And thinking about the, I think it's Isaiah 30, where he's the scripture that sort of foretells about John the Baptist. And he says all of the, the mountains and, you know, the mountains will be laid low and the valleys lifted and make way the, the path for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, make straight his ways and uh, and then all the glory of the Lord will be revealed and so I feel like that that is the call of the artist in today's world is to make straight that path make make prepare us for the coming of the Lord because all his glory will be revealed at that time so is it necessarily to preach to the choir entertain Christians mm-hmm. I don't think so I think right. art and beauty and Christian artists should probably, if you're an artist and a Christian, you should probably be looking to showcase what God's given to you to the world. Right. I know in Exodus 35, 35, it describes creatives and it says, he has filled them with skill to do all the work of a gem cutter, a designer, an embroiderer in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and a weaver. They can do every kind of craft and design artistic designs. So God knows about creativity. He's a creative God. I mean, he created us, you know, but there's, he loves creativity. He loves colors. I mean, even an artist, where do they get their colors from? Nature. So there's all this connection to our creator, right? So tell me how that kind of weaves into the documentary. Well, even those, those temple artists were the temple was decorated like Eden, you know, it was all things to reflect this, this time, right. In, in history where God walked with man and, and God's presence was in the garden. And so the God's presence is in the temple. So it was, it was to be decorated like the garden. And I think, I think that's kind of the, the goal, right. Is to create these kind of sacred spaces and art can do that. Nature can do that. And we were talking about that this weekend in the episode we're recording, episode two that, that we were filming here. But just the idea that, that you know, God, God created us, um, but we, we were created in his image. And now our job is to stay connected to him through being like him, whether that's creating or loving people or, um, yeah. And you mentioned the temple. Well, the, we're the temple now, right? Yeah. So this means wherever we go, the Holy Spirit goes. So we're the garden. <laughs> yeah. So so the point is, I, I think I was explaining this to you earlier, Anne, when we were talking, that you know, as a clarinetist, for instance, I'm a clarinetist, and that's part of who I am. But I'm really I'm a son or a daughter of the King, right? And I represent Christ. So I could go into rehearsal. How am I going to represent Christ in that rehearsal? And part of that is to bring beauty into the world, which is a reflection of our creator. You know, beauty of sound, for instance, you know. So it's to reflect him 
while I'm there doesn't necessarily mean I have to be playing a religious song or a Christian song. I can be, I can be present, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is present, and I can be kind and ex- execute the fruits of the Spirit with yeah. the people that I'm with. So is that that's where you're going? Yeah, it kind of gives bloom where you're planted, kind of a whole new meaning. Right. Um, You've already completed episode one, and that's available for people to see. Episode two is coming up, and that's what you were here doing today was was filming for that. Tell me a little bit about episode two. What's the connection there? Well, it is called Wonder. So we were talking about connecting with God and the wonder of nature. and, And the wonder of art. And the wonder of art. And being connected, we also are the branches. He is the vine and we're the branches and we reach out in love to our world. While you were here, you were in our barn in November. It was a little cold out there, wasn't it? Kind of, kind of regretting that decision, but but, it, be? but it, it was beautiful. Um, and and by the time we started shooting, you couldn't see our breath anymore, so that was oh, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's um, good. But yeah, it's we, gonna look really. It's gonna cool. look great. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we wanted to since this this episode um, we feature a different um, artist in each episode, uh, and this episode was focused on Thomas Merton, the Trappist monk who who was all about nature, and he would go out in all types of weather and and write poetry and commune with. The creator and uh, so we thought just being on a farm in a barn would just be a perfect kind of setting for this one and we didn't realize the weather part of it would actually come into play because yeah it was freezing um, <laughs> yeah but, we were uh, trying to relate to thomas merton in the whole yes, experience we were, of the thing you know yes we were uh, we were channeling merton so last <laughs> time you do something about nature <laughs> yeah. yeah the next episode we're gonna we're gonna cover the cozy coffee shops <laughs> Or something. Uh, I Northern don't know. Michigan. <laughs> yes. So, what happens next? What part? What? Tell us a little bit about the artistic process in this, because you've got you obviously had the idea and the concept. You had to write the scripts, right? Yep. And then when you get to the point of filming, all all that prep work has already been done, right? So then, what's next? And Scott does the rest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Scott and his editors. So yeah, I think what's what's kind of crazy. People don't understand when they watch when they watch a film how much you don't see, uh, how much ends up getting cut, how much en- ends up uh, getting even change. The order might get changed. Like this podcast will probably, you know, you'll cut out some of the little bits here and there, but you'll pretty much put it out there as is. Um, ours is definitely more of a uh, we 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 get way more than we need. So we we shot pretty much all day, and this is a half-hour episode. And we've already got a lot of the episode done um, in these little segments that are in between the, the conversations that we had in the barn today. So, so yeah, we might need 12 minutes of content out of this full day of work we did. Wow. So there's a lot of editing. Again, I'm a storyteller, so it's, it's finding the flow and the story that we're trying to tell through this documentary series and really connecting one thing to the next so it feels like just a simple half hour organic conversation that was really a day of freezing in a barn and (laughs) trying to and 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 trying to get to those little those little gems those moments where 
the woman we were interviewing, Sophronia and Anne, were, were vibing and going off of each other and, and going back and forth and, and really finding those moments that are like, okay, this is what we're trying to say, and this really gets to the meat of, of this episode. Um, but then we have all this great content we can't use, and so that's where our social media, we're trying to get better at getting some of that stuff, kind of bonus content and mm-hmm. things that didn't end up in the episode but are great, trying to get that out also to the to our our small but growing list of followers. Mm-hmm. So. When you say the editing, is it just one person who edits, or is there a bunch of people, or are you the final editor? How does that work? Episode one was me. I, <laughs> I edited episode one, and every time I do a film project, I realize I need to hire more people. That's, that's what I learn every single time, and so every time it gets bigger. But this time, I do have three editors helping me um, in different ways, and and uh, so like a sound editor. Uh, how- um, oh, that would make it four actually. Yes, sound also. <laughs> um, right now, I have editors all helping on on just taking all this. We have all these interviews and all this footage, and just I give them a topic, and I say, okay, go through all these interviews. I think I want to use this person and this person and this person. Find anything they say about this topic, and let's make a three minute section on abstract art for example that was one of that's one in in episode two we've got a three or four minute clip on abstract art but it's taken from four or five different interviews we did and it's only four minutes long but we've got all these little little sound bites from these different interviews that we put into one and it flows um to to say something about where we can find god in abstract art so that's kind of where i'll give one person that job so they, they do that, and while I've got somebody else working on a different theme, you know, pull, pull together the church, you know, the church and the arts, you know, like pull together a, a, a four-minute segment on that. And so then I get all these segments cut, and then I look at them and go, okay, let's, I've kind of got an order in mind, but are they flowing, are they whatever? So I'll kind of do the final pass on this episode, but it's been it's been different to kind of, so it's a little bit go. like they're doing chapters and then you're you're kind of trying to put the book together. Yeah. And like, that might be a gross analogy, but yeah. Yeah. No. And there's music that goes underneath and there's yep. graphics and animation and Yeah. Um, there's all all of that finishing stuff. I mean, we showed some of these segments today and they I I almost can't bear to show them yet because they're 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 so rough still. But, uh, but there's still a lot of work to do to those segments that are in between the conversation that we were having today. and then So there's a lot of polishing that needs to happen to those. And then our interview today that we did with Sophronia Scott, probably when we cut out all the messy stuff, it'll still be over an hour. And we've got to get it down to you know just the, the parts that we're using. Mm-hmm. So. so then you do all that editing. How does it get to the point where it's done? How do you know it's done? I, I, I'm not a film producer, and like I can use an analogy to how I prepare for a concert or or write even write a book. But how do you it's, know it's, it's done? It's done when there's a festival deadline. You know, like oh, I, gotcha. I yeah, mean, yeah. We 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 had a premiere for episode one, and that was the deadline. So so it was done, and we showed it. Um, and now there's things I'm going to change about episode one before we send it to a distributor. Yeah, so I was just going to say there's know, things we'd like to add and yeah. Take whenever away. Yeah. you know, as an artist, you're constantly uh, you know, look at George Lucas, right? He keeps mm-hmm. changing Star Wars on us. Um, because as an artist, you keep seeing things that you want to make better. So I think when when we get season one done and a distributor is asking for it, that'll be when it's done. Because okay. then we'll just have to be say, 
it's done. It's done. Okay. So now, how can people learn more about creative icons and be an icon in this? this yeah, thing? you can go to www.creativeicons.tv, and when you subscribe, you put your email address in there, and you will get a link to the first episode. Wow. There you go. Isn't that special? It is. I've seen the episode. It's excellent. And I, I, I wonder, you know, as, an, as a musician, artist myself, I could relate to it on, on a lot of different levels of being a believer. I could relate to it on a lot of different levels. But who is, who is this for? Is it for the artist? Yes. <laughs> That's the answer to the question. I think uh, initially our thought was our audience is the church. Scott's not a pastor. His father's a pastor. Yeah, this is my one sermon. I'm a pastor's kid and never wanted to be a pastor, but I realized <laughs> this is my sermon. You know, like I, I really feel like this is what I want to say to the church. Like I never wanted to make movies for the church. I want to make movies for a secular audience, but this one is, this one's really for the church. It's my, it's, it's, if I'm going to preach to the choir, I want to say something they haven't heard before. And so I'm not going to preach salvation to the mm-hmm. choir. Why, right. why would I do that? They are, they're already saved. Um, but, but this is something I feel like the church needs to hear. So I think there's a lot for a secular audience to hear in this too, because they are created to create in the, mm-hmm. because they're made in the image of their creator as well. And I think secular artists are tapping into that creative spirit that God put in them, whether they know it or not. So I think this is for them as well, but our, our main target audience would be the church. And and honestly, I think it's going to start with the churches that are already pretty, that are already embracing the arts. You know, mm-hmm. I think those are the churches that are going to really recognize the value of this and, and, and it's going to encourage their people. But really, I want to, I, I really want to get the churches that don't understand the arts and they're kind of afraid of the arts and they're well there's all that work you have to do to get something going yeah you know, it's all the it's a lot of extra work yeah right? well, I, I, i'm being well, i'm being you know like much, it's a lot of extra work to go rescue people from human trafficking right too and it's just a matter of what you place your value on mm-hmm. and where you have your resources going you have artists in your community. Every church has artists in their congregation that may or may not feel loved and appreciated. And it's a it's a fine line because there are artists who, you know, we don't want to put artists on a pedestal, but we also don't want to drive them out of the church. We want to provide a welcoming atmosphere for everyone to be able to come and hear the gospel. So, And, and the thing about being an artist, too, is that sometimes when you're involved in your art you're you're looking at what's wrong with it you're you're dissecting it you're saying okay i gotta edit this i of you know four hours of filming i got 15 minutes you know i mean there's all this that we kind of throw out or whatever don't we need a place to celebrate the art don't we need a place where we can say art it brings beauty into the world and beauty is from our creator Sometimes, like, just an example, if I go to a art museum and I look at a piece of art, or let's say all three of us go, I look at this piece of art and I see one thing in it, you see another thing, you see another thing, guess what? 
that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that helps us understand community too, because we're looking at it from different perspectives and we're all right. There's no, there's, it's not like you can't look at it that way. Yeah. Or you may see something in it and I see nothing in it. And then because you saw something in it and we talk about it, now I see something. And you care about her. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, Now I see something in it too. And so I think that's, that's an aspect of this too, is if we're not if we're not enjoying art together in community in the church, um, we might be discounting things that God has for us because we didn't see anything. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I saw that movie. You have a conversation with somebody and, and they, they say, oh, actually, I thought Finding Nemo really showed how, you know, a, a, the father chases after that lost sheep, you mm-hmm. know, and like, mm-hmm. like, Actually, somebody literally, you know, my, my daughters were just in that play and, and that was the director's notes because it was a Christian theater company. And I was like, that's so true. Like Finding Nemo is literally going after the lost sheep, you know. So, you know, I think I think being in community and enjoying art together, we can learn from each other and, and, and God's going to speak sometimes to one of us diff- and, and, and we can all learn from that. It's not every day you have a film crew on your property. Hosting the cast and crew of Creative Icons reminded me of an earlier episode of The Notice where I talked with singer-songwriter Justin Reed about creativity. In that episode, we define creativity as to create something that didn't exist before. Maybe that seems overly simplistic, Or maybe some of you think, well, I can't be creative because I'm not artistic. Friends, if you're thinking you're not creative, take a minute and remember the last time you created something. Maybe it was designing a house or trying a new recipe or even tackling a spreadsheet. Without your creativity, it wouldn't exist. Yes, Creative Icons highlights artists of varying kinds, But its spirit aligns with the perspective that creativity needs to be celebrated. Colossians 3.23 tells us, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So when was the last time you took notice of your creativity? When was the last time you took notice of the Creator? Perhaps one of the best ways we can get busy is to rest in the slogan presented in the first episode of Creative Icons. Created to create. Until next time, take notice. Oh